0: Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of the School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session.
1: So what I want to talk to you about today is the concept of of cleansing the conscience, okay? Um, Jesus has been talking to me here just in the last few weeks about lepers. And, you know, I've been filled with the Holy Ghost for what is it about 13 years now, and uh, I've never, ever been on... I've never actually studied, studied lepers, didn't know anything about lepers, but Jesus came to me in a vision and started talking to me about lepers. So um, let, me, let me just begin to talk to you about this, this encounter I had with Jesus. Um, in this vision, um, Jesus came up to me. I'm standing in a, in a church just like this, and Jesus, Jesus comes up to me, and he has a, a mason jar on one side and a mason jar on the other. And in on the one side is the blood, on the other side is the oil. He takes out two paintbrushes. He has a paintbrush in one, a paintbrush in the other. And he walks up to me, he touches my mouth, and he pulls out my tongue. It, he pulls it out so far that I can actually see my tongue, right? I mean, that, that's kind of like you can actually see, and, and there's a prophetic element of you actually seeing what's on your tongue. I don't know if you realize what Jesus has put on your tongue when He equips you with the power of the Holy Ghost. But this vision is going to explain it to you. Jesus pulled out my tongue. He takes the blood and He begins to paint the top of my tongue. He then takes the oil and He begins to paint the bottom of my tongue. And He looks at me. He looks me in the eye and He starts teaching me... uh, Word tongues. He starts teaching me angelic um, uh, words. So he's sitting there and he's going, Bristo. And I'm going, Bristo. And he goes, Shasta. And I go, Shasta. And he goes, Karite. And I go, Karite. And he goes, Buche. He's actually teaching me the spirit language in a vision. And I'm going, Briso, Brebe. And in my heart, I'm thinking, I know how to do this already. Why are you teaching me this? And all of a sudden, he pulls out um, this, this. It was, it was a different oil. He puts this oil on my eyes. And when he puts this oil on my eyes, suddenly my eyes are open to see that I'm standing there. I have leprosy on my everything that was exposed outside of my clothing. I could see that I had leprosy on my hands, my arms, and my feet and my legs. And when I saw it, I'm going, oh, what, what why do I have leprosy? What what are you, what are you trying to show me? And he says, briste. And I go, briste. And he goes, cruste. And I go, cruste, And he goes, Sha no, me, 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 si, pray. And I st- <laughs> as I start to pray, I see the blood and the oil begin to flow off of my tongue. And as it falls on the leprosy, the leprosy disappears from my body. Wow. And inside the revelation of the blood and the oil... And that's why this whole weekend is about the blood and the oil. It's not just the blood. It's the blood and the oil. Okay? And I'm going, oh, I'm cleansed by the blood, equipped by the oil. Cleansed by the blood, equipped by the oil. And, he, and he's like, wait a minute. He pulls out another oil, and he puts oil on my eyes again. And all of a sudden, I can look out into the church, and I see hundreds of people in front of me that have leprosy. And he goes, Christi. And I said, Christe, Briste, Briste, show, be baby, si," And all of a sudden, off of my tongue comes blood and oil and lands on the leprosy that's on the people and it gets cleansed. Right? So the power of a person who has learned to cross over into the spirit has the ability to not only save his own soul, but to save the souls of others. That's what the Bible says, right? That's what Paul told Timothy. Do not neglect the gift of the Holy Ghost that was given to you by the laying on of hands because not only is your destiny, not only is your future dependent on it, but so is the future of others. Oh my God. You mean I can be a, 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 um, well, I can be a person who really doesn't have a great understanding of the Bible or anything, but if I believe Jesus in the spiritual equipping and gifting... I can actually pray for myself and be cleansed by the blood, cleansed, equipped by the oil, and I can pray for others around me. What happened last night? I had to push through for well over an hour as you guys sat there like this. You know what that told me? That told me that there's a, there's a hardness. And it's not, I'm not condemning anybody but I, 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 the Lord has taught me to understand the condition of the people that He's put me in front of. I can tell if you are sensitive to Him or if your conscience is hardened to Him. And if I have to push through to the degree that I had to push through last night, there's some, there's some equipping that we need, we need to embrace. Okay? But after this is all done, after, after the Lord is showing me the ability to actually pray, not only for myself, but to pray for the church, he looks at me, he grabs me by the shoulders and he looks me in the eye and he says, my church is full of lepers. Cleanse the church. He didn't use the word heal the church. He didn't use the word deliver the church. He didn't use the word save the church. He actually used a specific word, cleanse the church. And if you, if you understand anything about the Bible, um, the Lord actually talks about the cleansing of the conscience. The cleansing of the soul. The crossover point between this natural world and the spirit world. Your soul is actually a window. And you can be bound to the earth or you can, of your mind, be bound to the spirit. And people say, well, I believe in Jesus, but... They're actually bound to the earth because they don't practice in the spirit, the crossing over into worship. And the prophecy that, that, that is so heavy on this couple's heart for you, for this body, is that you would at all times walk sensitive to the spirit, which this young lady, this young lady demonstrated last night that inside of her is this amazing gift to actually identify a spot where the spirit of God will pour out not only on her, but it will draw an entire body. Opa. That's an Opa. Are you with me? So, I kind of I started doing some research on the leper. And um, the leper, in every instance where a leper is referenced in the Bible, it actually does not use the word healing. It uses the word cleansed. In Luke five 5.12, the leper says to Jesus, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus responds by saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Luke 7.22, and He answered and said to them, Go and report to John what you have been heard. Meaning, He, he just healed the, the leper. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. To the twelve apostles, Matthew 10, He says, Raise the dead, heal the sick, cleanse the leper. Take note that although leprosy appears like something that needs healed, it's actually a reference to a condition of the soul and not a condition of a, um, a something that needs healed on the body are you with me? are you with me? <laughs> See the condition of the soul is something related to your consciousness of sin. How many of you know this that there's actually when the Bible starts talking about the fruit of the spirit it references, uh, uh, joy and and uh, faith and all that kind of stuff, right? But there's actually only one fruit, with the manifestations out of the fruit, and that one fruit is love. And the same concept is applied to sin. People think that your act is is actually sin, if if adultery and and um, you know stealing and all the other listed sins. Um, happen, they say, well, you're in sin. Well, no, that's the act of sin. That is the actual fruit of the main one sin. The word sin actually means to miss the mark. So if you're in sin, you're actually disconnected from the one who gives life. That's what sin is, right? So if you're sin conscious and you're constantly feeling condemned, unable, disqualified, condemned because of all the junk that you were bound in out of the iniquity that you were born into, all the things you did as a young person and you're continuously conscious of that, you have not learned to actually embrace the power of the blood because the power of the blood of Jesus says it has the power to cleanse the conscience. Okay? So, if you are in condemnation, guilt, and pain, and all that stuff continuously... You don't have a sin issue. You actually have a
0: Jesus problem.
1: You heard it from the voice of Shelley Cuppin. It's not a sin issue. (laughs) It's a Jesus issue. You haven't embraced the fullness of what Christ accomplished in your life, which was not only to save you from hell, but to actually cleanse your conscience that you are no longer as a mere man walking on this earth, bound to the conditions of the world and the sin of the past. You are now bound to heaven. You are now bound through Christ, the door who allows you to enter into heaven. And if you learn to practice where your consciousness is on a daily moment, your connection to the Holy Spirit will prepare you to actually hear the prophetic voice, to hear Everything that the Lord has to say. And when you come in and gather, no longer are you hoping for somebody to pray and deliver you of something. You've learned to actually embrace the very equipping of the Holy Spirit who has the power inside of you to say, bro, say, me, me, so, te, bre, and see your leprosy cleansed. You say, well, how does that happen? Listen to me. When I learned to pray in tongues, I was a freak. I fell in love with Jesus. You know why? Because I was the most one of the most self-condemning people on earth. I had to perform my way to achieve everything. You know why I have four degrees? You know why I have two master's degrees, an MBA, and work in a chemical company to prove myself? I had to prove myself to me, to my dad, to everybody around me. I had to work harder than the next guy because that was the only way I found value in myself. I was conscious of how the world identified me and not conscious of Christ. And the weight that I had to carry because of that made me so connected to the world that I was subject to depression. I was subject to continuous anxiety. I was subject to continuous fear all the time. And when I learned, when the the prophet prophesied to me and he broke through something in my heart that I didn't have the power to break through myself, I suddenly found myself laying on the floor. I get up that night and I go home and Jesus, I can hear the voice of God for the first time in my life. He (laughs) because because a prophetic voice interceded for me and broke through something that I couldn't break through but when it happened I actually embraced what happened and I would pray for hours there were I all I'm talking all-nighters when I learned to fast and pray I was show me you know why you know why I was so in love because it was the one place I found peace It wasn't because I had to pray to prove myself or to perform or I didn't look at tongues as "Eh, I went to the altar, I got tongues and I'm glad I got it, but I'm not going to use it. No, I fell in love because when I prayed, not only was I cleansed in my conscience, the presence of God would come down over me and for the first time in my life, I would find peace. And I fell in love with the One who gives peace. And so for me to actually pray was not a hard thing. I loved that Jesus cleansed my conscience. I fell in love with the high priest of heaven. You see, in the Old Testament, the blood, the, the, the reason that that they, they needed Christ was that when the Lord God invited the whole nation of Israel up the mountain with Moses, they refused and they said, No, Moses, you go up the mountain to meet him face to face. We're afraid we're not going up. So because they didn't go up to meet him in spirit, the Lord actually gave them written letter on a law on a tablet. And if you don't choose to enter me in spirit, you can follow the rules. And eventually the rules will break you to a point where you realize you need a Savior. And then you'll fall on your face and cry out for the living God to save you. And then maybe then you'll climb the mountain. And so if you understand that concept, the Lord is calling you up a mountain. He's not calling you to just come once a week on Sunday and sit in a pew in a nice place where people will intercede for you. That's a cool thing. But there's a point where the Lord actually leads you into maturity to embrace the very gift he's given you. Because every one of you have a gift inside of you that is supernatural. That there are people out on this, in, in this whole area waiting for you to rise up in your gifting. To actually come before them. And sprinkle blood on them. And I'm not not talking about running down the street praying in tongues. I'm just giving you a, a visual analogy that when you pray in the Spirit and you hear the voice of the Lord, because the Lord says that when you pray in my Spirit, I will then give you understanding. That's right out of 1 Corinthians chapter 14. That's, that's the sequence. He equips you to pray in the Spirit. Not only does His presence fall, but then He equips you by speaking to you. Not only words for you to to actually embrace and empower and wrap His arms around you and equip you and cleanse your conscience, but then He gives you words for the people around you. And you you then become a window of heaven instead of a window that needs cleansed, having all this film and junk of the world on So when you come in here as a church and Steve's asking me, what do you feel? Well, Steve, I don't know. It took me an hour to push through your congregation. I'm not sure they're coming in the presence of God. They're expecting you to bring the presence of God. Hey, man, that might be a hard word, but listen, if you don't mature in the spirit, this church, this church remains immature. You should be, you should be 25 in the spirit and you're actually about eight. Because a praying church is actually connected to heaven. There's nothing else that connects you to heaven. Nothing. You can't come to church and hear a prophetic guy for 20 years and actually be in a position of Having a cleansed conscience. I can pray for you and brushe, brusse, brê. You walk out of here. Oh, I met Jesus today. I feel so good. Oh, that depression left me. It was on me for three weeks and I needed a, I needed a prophet. I needed an evangelist to come and help me and touch me. And I pray, I've prayed for people all over the place. I've prayed. I go around to India. I go to, to some of the hardest nations on earth. And when I pray for them, sometimes there's miracle stuff. And guys, guys, I still have guys calling me. I'm praying in tongues and I'm crying. I feel God. And then they call back and they say, I'm out on the street. We found three Hindu women. They fell over when we prayed for them. They got up praying in tongues. What do I do now? (laughs) Steve, when's the last time you heard a story from any of your people about what I just described? It's been a while. Why? Are you hearing God? Are you alive in Christ or are you just a pew sitter? Are you going to stay eight years old? You're going to wait for Stephen Tabby to keep bruce, 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 a guy standing up here begging for you to enter in, begging God to give him pro- prophecy and different words to help you? And the church has to mature and it ch- matures when you recognize. The blood of Jesus that was poured out for you is not just for you to sit in a pew, but to actually be in responsible uh, position of your own life, your own walk, and you can cleanse your own soul. You may say, well, I don't, I'm not comfortable praying in tongues. Well, listen, push through it, dude. Because the blood, don't count on me to keep pushing through it. Don't count on me to keep pushing through it. Listen, I love you. I've been coming here for two years and I will keep, if the Lord brings me back, Stephen Tabby, bring me back, I will keep helping you as long as the Lord keeps bringing me here. But also in the presence of God is a maturing, a responsibility aspect that Jesus didn't get, He didn't save you so that you can lay in a crib all day. You're not, are you a crib? Are you, you like your crib? Goo, goo, go, woo, go. Woo, woo, woo. Come on, pray for me, Tabby. Woo, 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 woo. Listen, I can get away with that stuff because I don't go here all the time. It's kind of funny. And I'm not condemning anybody. I'm urging you. There's an urgency in the spirit. And this, is, this, this weekend is about a maturing process. The blood and the oil. The oil equips you to conquer every demonic power, every satanic thing. I don't care if you were born into into generational iniquity, your parents were alcoholics, drug dealers, um, adulteresses, and you feel condemnation, you feel all this pain. Guess what? We all were born into that junk. There's no such thing as a perfect person. So embrace the fact that Jesus has the power to cleanse your conscience. You don't believe me? me? Let me give you some scripture. Let me give you some scripture on this because this is an important thing. In the book of Leviticus, and I, I, you know, if you want to study this, it's in chapter 14. There's actually a process in the book of Leviticus that takes the, the, the process that the priest, Stephen Tabby, had to do to cleanse the leper. Okay? The, the process of cleansing a leper is they, when a person broke out in leprosy, when they could see the leprosy, they would take them outside of the camp and they had to bring with them two birds. And they would take one bird, they would kill the bird, they would cut it in half, they would take the blood of the bird and they would mix it with pure water. And they would sprinkle it on the leper every day for seven days. A continuous sprinkling. How long have you been continuously sprinkled? You've been sitting here for, some of you, six years, seven years? How long some of you been with Stephen Tabby? Continuously sprinkled. Continuously sprinkled. This man hasn't quit, dude. He's got a call of God. This woman's got a call of God in her life. They haven't quit. They'll sprinkle whoever comes. The blood of Jesus, baby. The blood of Jesus. Whether i got one person that believes me or 500, I still believe the blood of Jesus has the power to cleanse your soul. I believe. Right? But the reason they took them outside the camp is symbolic. That when they sprinkled them, there was a deliverance process. That was both, that was a change in mind, but it was also a driving out of the spirit. And the reason I say that for is that at the end of seven days, they would take the other bird and release it. The other bird is a symbolic of you have two birds. You have the Holy Ghost, right? The power of, the, of God, but you also have the demonic powers, birds, flying spirits. One was released, the other was broken open to pour over you. And it was done outside the camp. That was that's all done out of the mercy of God, outside the camp, to cleanse a leper, to drive out all the demonic powers, to do what had to be done. On the eighth day, they had to actually shave their heads. They had to. I'm sorry, I take that back. On the, still on the seventh day, they would then the the high or the, the priest would actually take them to the gate. They were allowed to come back in to the camp that was around the tabernacle. Okay. And with inside the camp, just because you came in the camp doesn't mean you were in the place where the Lord wanted them. The Lord actually wanted them around the sanctuary, the place of worship. Okay. So they were brought, they were given, they were given, um, access to come back through the gate. The gate in the Bible is referenced to Jesus, that the blood of Jesus was shed for you and allows you back into this sanctuary. The sanctuary is not the church. The sanctuary is the place where you and the Lord meet. Are you with me? Okay, so on day seven, they come through the gate. The priest, through the process, They the, the leper has to cleanse them. They have to wash. They have to shave their head and, and remove all their old clothes and put on clean clothes. And they have to bring two things with them. You wanna take a guess? The gifts that they had to bring with them? They had to bring a lamb and they had to bring olive oil. That that ain't that ain't real. I mean, come on. I mean, come, I mean, listen to me. I've never studied a leper. And I trust Jesus. You know why, why I pray in tongues? is because Jesus does this to me all the time. I learned as I pushed through. I pray in tongues for hours a day. Not because I need to, because I love the presence of God, but more importantly, because He comes and speaks to me, not only for myself, not only for my family, but for people, for masses. So what are the odds that Jesus will come paint my tongue with blood and oil and a leper? Referencing that a leper not only has the mercy of God that allows a leper to come through the gate into the outer courts. But that leper has to bring with him a lamb and oil. He has to bring with him blood. Jesus is the lamb, right? The blood. thats the blood of Christ. And he has to bring with him the oil. Why? It's, it's a reference of an equipping. It's not just you receiving Christ as your Lord and Savior, but Jesus ascended into heaven so that He could send upon you what? The Holy Spirit. It's not, the oil was not optional. The oil was a required... Yes. Yes. Listen to me, church. You sit there silent. You come back week after week depending on somebody else to save your soul. You're, you're, you're fooled. Because the leper was required to bring a lamb to sacrifice and the oil. He had to offer the sacrifice back to the Lord. The very thing that he was given, the blood and the oil, he had to give back. You know how you give it back in the New Testament? Jesus paid the price for you. He came. He equipped you with the Holy Spirit. On the inside, you have the Holy Spirit, and all you have to do is offer Him sacrifice the way He's called people to offer sacrifice to come sit in His presence. And there's many ways to worship, but He gives you an actual supernatural way. Brise, broche, brasse, mette, bote. Are you kidding me? All you have to do is embrace this supernatural gifting. He actually, He actually can. You think, you think you're powerless and unable and unqualified? Listen to me how powerful this revelation is. That he actually equips you with the power of the Holy Ghost that you can cross over when you choose. You can cleanse your conscience when you choose. You are not a victim of the demonic powers, of the things that haunt your mind, of fear and anguish and resentment and all that stuff. You can choose to embrace that crap and keep it running through your mind like a rat trap. Or you can say, no <laughs> So, he's required to bring it. You know Why? Because in order to get into the sanctuary on day 8, the lamb is sacrificed. They bring the blood and the oil. The priest has to transfer the guy, the leper, to the high priest. Because only the high priest can dwell in the sanctuary of the Most High. The high priest then takes the leper who had leprosy on his skin, actually in his soul. He takes him transfers them to the high priest, and the high priest takes the blood and the oil, puts it on his ears, puts it on his thumb, and puts it on his big toe on each foot, symbolizing the hearing, the walking, and the moving under the direction of the cleansed soul that is under the power of the Holy Ghost. You are not subject to your own will. You become... Sub- See, that's the problem here. You still want... In a weird way, because... You you don't really want the depression, you don't really want the fear, but you're unable to actually set it aside no matter how hard the feeling is and press through it through the gift that He's given you. You know how I learned this? Because after I got filled with the Holy Ghost and I had breakthroughs, I had counterattacks. I would sit there, I'd be laying at night, and all of a sudden I started shaking. Inside, I'm burning on fire with the Holy Ghost, but my body is shaken. And the Lord would say, pray. Pray. Show me say pray. And sometimes it took five minutes. Sometimes it took an hour. Sometimes it took all night. But I prayed because the Lord told me to. And when broke through happened, I conquered that thing that once had power over me. So it comes back to a heart issue. I told you yesterday that the root word of love, the root word of agape love is not about Uh, the compassionate part. It's actually the faith part. The root word of agape love is the word pistis. It's faith. The root word of faith is actually, if you drive down into the covenant or the uh, Hebrew meaning, it actually means commitment. Is your heart committed? Maturing will only happen when your heart is committed, believing Unto righteousness that the Lord has the power. He actually cleansed your soul, and you're not subject to fear and pain and depression and anxiety. You're subject to the peace and the joy of Christ. I choose to enter in. And you say, Well, wait a minute. In the old covenant, they had to, they had to actually they had to actually depend on the priest in the old covenant, to take them out and start the cleansing process and then hand them over to the high priest after they were willing to give a sacrifice. But guess what, guys? We have a better covenant. Can I tell you about it? Can I tell you about the fact that Jesus sanctified us, He atoned us, He consecrated us? When Jesus had 70 disciples and He fed the multitudes, it was easy just go pray for people, supernatural things happen and all that, But when Jesus started requiring something of them, He said, drink my blood and eat my bread. Guess what? Not only did the 5,000 multitude leave Him, they actually began to turn on Him and were under the spell of the Pharisee who was actually trying to kill Him. But the 70, out of the 70, Jesus was left with 12. And even one of those was a betrayer. So, Few will follow Christ. But if you look at the history of this church and you ask the question of why have we been cut and severed, is because you're being molded for a people, with a people who the Lord has chosen You're here not because of... You think a lot of you are here because of your own choice. And some of you are in a battle right now as to whether or not you're supposed to be here, whether or not you're supposed to go listen to all the junk that that happens in every church. People are saying, I don't know about this. Why do they do that? I don't know. You either believe the call of God on this place or you don't. And the reality is that when the Lord is going to do a great thing, He always dwindles the crowd. He requires them to drink His blood and to eat His bread. And you can say, well, uh, you know, I've gone to a lot of churches. I've never heard this before. Well, you've never gone to a supernatural church who has a supernatural calling, who's been called to shift a region, who's been called to take something in the spirit. You see, the thing about lepers is lepers, um, if, you, if you study leprosy, leprosy is a strange disease. And if you look at a leper, they always have cuts on their body. They actually lose limbs frequently. And you know, you want to know why that is? Leprosy actually causes numbness of the nerves. They can actually push on something or um, rub up against something and they won't even feel it, but it'll take the skin off of them. It'll, it'll mangle their bodies. People have, lose their noses. All, all kind of weird stuff with leprosy. They're comfortably numb. That's the church. Why did Jesus, ask, why did, why did Jesus reveal that to me? My church is full of lepers. Cleanse my church There's a begging. There's a, there's an unction in the Spirit calling you to embrace the way of the Spirit. And you've, you've grown up, some of you have been grown up in Lutheran churches, Methodist churches, Baptist churches, all kind of places that don't address the Spirit. They, they, they coach on Jesus. They preach on Jesus. But you know what? Half the truth is not the truth. Half the truth is not the truth. It's a twist. And if you believe that doctrine, you stay powerless, a victim, and you're used to coming back and sitting up you doing nothing while the world is dying. I don't know if you know this, but your region is dying. Infected with drug addicts and people bringing drugs in and, and people pop under the spell of darkness. And the Lord is looking for a people who will drink His blood and eat His bread. If you want to come on Sundays and sit in the pew, go down to the Methodist church, stand up three songs, do the next stanza, listen to 15-minute sermon that came off the message and is designed to actually make you feel good and be comfortably numb. My church is full of lepers, Dave. Will you help me? Will you cleanse my church? Do you know how many? Do you know how few pastors would let me come and preach a message like this? Do you know how committed these people are to the call of God in their life? And they don't, they know that, like Gideon, that they don't care if there's a thousand people with them or one person with them, there's a call of God on this house, and that call will manifest. One person has the power to shift regions. The, the, the Lord sent me to India. I know nobody. I go get on a plane as one man to go to a region i've seen over a thousand pastors baptized in the Holy ghost i've seen over twenty thousand people come to the altar pray in the Holy ghost i've preached to over sixty thousand people i've seen miracles I have guys Indians calling me all the time I cast I the devil out of this guy. What do I do now? They believe why do they call me from the other side of the world believing something that 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 is beyond imagination. You know why? Because they're desperate. And I come here and I say, Steve, you have any supernatural stories? Anybody doing anything? Yeah. You want to talk about sickness of a heart? When a prophetic voice hears that, it, you know, there's a lot of warnings to the churches in the book of Revelation. And one of them is you think you're alive, but you're dead. Listen to me, I don't care how many times a week you come in here and you jump around, you dance, you want to worship God. The evidence of you being alive is you hearing God, you executing power in your life, and then you execute power in the world around you. Do you feel God fall on that? There's a call in the Spirit that you would embrace it and not be caught numb as a leper in dead religion. You're gonna be a leper? I pray that when you go home today that you'll look in the mirror and you'll see your leprosy. It's an actual gift that you would actually see you're a leper instead of being comfortably numb by the world allowed to continue in dead religion. What's the evidence of you being alive? You think it's optional just to come to the altar and say, I believe in Jesus and never do anything in your life? Never dwell in his presence? Never hear his voice and be willing to obey his voice? The Lord is looking for one thing, and that's who will obey his voice. In Revelation 11, the angel comes to John and he gives him a rod. The angel stood saying, rise and measure the temple of God, the altar and those who worship there. But leave out the court, which is outside the temple and do not measure it, for it has been given to the Gentiles. Gentiles in the, in the New Testament is a, is a, is a, um, in this context is symbolic of the unbelievers. It's been given to those who haven't entered the sanctuary. So you can get through the gate of Christ. You can say, I believe, but you never really enter into a relationship where Christ knows you and you know Him and you hear God and and, and He hears you. And you talk face to face like He invited the, the nation of Israel up the mountain way back in the beginning. You're refusing the same way Israel refused. Don't measure the outer court. Even though they came through the gate, I'm only, I'm only here for the ones in the sanctuary. That freaks me out. I mean, that should put the fear of God in you. You should be trembling with fear that you were comfortably numb for decades in dead religion, wondering whether or not you're saved or not. When the Lord is saying, pursue me with all your heart, I want, a, I want a group of people who will love me with all their heart.
0: Fool. Fool!
1: The church is so screwed up that they're actually functioning under the law. They still think that they need the high priest. They still think that these two here are the high priest. They need the priest and the high priest. They need a priest to get them through the gate, and then they need a high priest, the AKA pastor, prophet, evangelist. They need them. That's the papal. That's the Catholic Church. That's the rule of the Catholic Church. Do you realize that church history, they called it the Dark Ages because when Rome... I wasn't planning on going here, but when Rome disseminated, they actually signed power over to the Papal, the Catholic Church, in 538 A.D. Okay? When when they signed power over, they signed over political power, the army... Everything, all rule was given to the Papal. And you know what the Papal did to the church? They stripped them of their Bibles. They stripped them of prayer. They actually put conditions and condemned them. They ruled over the people. And anybody who stepped out of line, they actually annihilated, they killed, they actually wiped out whole groups of people in Europe. Study the church. There's a reason why they call it the Dark Ages. Anybody who rose up and recognized that the Catholic Church was actually the little horn in the book of Revelation? The horn that speaks blasphemy, acts like God and controls the people? Jesus actually said this in the seven letters of the seven churches. He said it twice. He said, I hate the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. I hate it. You know when Jesus says something that vehemently? It's real, dude. The Nicolation, the concept is the Nicolation actually ruled the people. They controlled the people. They kept them deaf, dumb, and blind. They, they wanted lepers. They wanted people that blindly just did what they told. That's the way, that's the way they, that, that Rome and the future nations actually controlled the people. And if you actually hear God on your own, they hung you at the stake. They said, oh, that's a witch. Let me tell you something. You study the church. You study how messed up the church is and how today's design actually still functions in the same way. Jesus said there's only one high priest. Let me read you something. This is Hebrews 9. Starting with verse six, the priest always went into the first part of the tabernacle performing the services. But in the second part, the high priest went alone once a year, not with blood, which he offered for himself and for the people's sins committed in ignorance. The Holy Spirit indicating this, that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest. While the first tabernacle was still standing, it was symbolic for the present time in which both gifts and sacrifices are offered which cannot make him who performed the service perfect in regard to the conscience, concerned only with food, drinks, the conditions of the law. When they took the blood of goats and bulls into, the, into, the, um, into offer to the Lord, it was a conditional thing the Lord put in as a temporary reprieve, that if they did it once a year, they, they, they would, um, the, the power of sin would not come upon them the judgment against him would not come upon them but it did not have the power to cleanse a the conscience they had to they had to walk dumb they had to walk numb they had to actually just follow rules because they weren't willing at the beginning to go up the mountain to meet him face to face you want you want you want to do you want to do life without me follow rules you'll fall you'll fall on your face eventually after you realize that you can't carry the weight After you realize that you can't carry your fate and you'll, you'll cry out for a savior. You won't just decide for your own whether or not you want to come on Sunday or not. You'll fall on your face and you'll cry out for a savior. Jesus, I need you. Do you ever start out your day like that sometimes? Or do you sit there and go, oh, I feel depressed again. Oh, I'm shaking a fear. Jesus! Show sote, stolte mama, Mamamosia. Will you push through the way Jesus pushed through? But Christ came as the high priest of the good things to come which the greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands that is not of this creation not with the blood of goats and calves but with his own blood he entered the most holy place once and for all having obtained eternal redemption for if the blood of bulls and goats and ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies for the peering of the flesh how much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit the oil offered himself without spot to God cleanse your conscience from dead works you think that dead works are the aspect of the of 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 the act of sin your adultery you're cheating you're stealing and you hear preachers stand up and they'll condemn you you're gonna go to hell you're gonna go to hell you realize how screwed up that is that's the catholic church that is the papal the Nicolaitans a preacher who understands that Jesus Christ paid all the debt that his blood cleanses all sin and i have the power to stand in front of you and i can pray for you and i can say bre so bre ma, ma ma mo and i see people that haven't laughed for decades and suddenly i see them laugh because Jesus came to touch people are you alive in christ is your conscience cleansed or are you willing to stay dead and numb like a leper like the church has made people willing to do. The Nicolaitan power still functions in the bulk of America. Very few people are willing to give their life to, 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 for a cause and do something. Whether it's to build something here, hear his voice, or to go. There's not a greater call. It's to whether you hear his voice and you execute what he said. And you not allow yourself to stay in a numb place that that the fear and the anxiety and the pain and all that stuff does to you, but you realize that Christ paid all the debt, and since he paid all the debt, he already sees through the eyes of the blood that has sees a conscience that is cleansed and an empowerment. So Jesus is actually sitting in heaven saying, I did it all. I did it all. I did it all. And he's waiting for people to say back, you did it all. You did it all. You did it all. I'm breaking through today. I am breaking through today. My soul is not bound to the world. My soul is a window of heaven. I'm looking for like two people to get so on fire that they would fall on their face and commit their life to a prayer life. And you, you know why I'm so angst? Can you feel why I'm so angst? Because churches are set up to serve you on a Sunday. That's not a church. That's not the church of Christ. Jesus said, my church is full of lepers, Dave. Cleanse my church. My church, says the Lord, is set up around the sanctuary where they're praying to me and they're hearing me and they're praying and they're cleansing each other. They're praying for each other and they're not coming to get entertained on Sunday like or controlled and wanting a dose of false medicine like most churches are set up to do on Sunday. They're not here to entertain you. And you're lucky this isn't my church because I'm kind of an extremist. You're lucky you have pastors who are caring and willing to limp you along. <laughs> I would set this whole thing up to where prayer was set up. And if you didn't come, you didn't come. But it was going to be a prayer meeting. And out of the prayer meeting, you would launch a fire into this earth. Jesus is looking for those who will come to a sanctuary where the high priest has already cleansed you and the oil drains over your soul and you become a window of heaven instead of a victim of the earth. The papal, the Nicolaitans, want you to continue to be a victim of the earth where they do it willingly or blindly. Most churches are designed to control you. If you don't do this... You lose your covering. How many of you heard that? If you don't do that, you're tithe. If you don't tithe right, you're going to die. If you leave the church, this is the Mecca. If you leave this place, you're, you're dead. You're going you're gonna to wander the earth the rest of the days. The Papal, the Nicolaitans, can you sense them? lies from the devil meant to force condemnation on you, conviction on you, pain on you, self-hatred on you. Oh my gosh, they said, and I'm going to shake in my shoes because they said I'm going to die, but I really don't want to go there. But do you know what true love is? True love is a release and equipping and an empowerment of trust that trusts that you care about the same thing they care about and you come together as a church in the cause of Christ. You're unified in Christ. You're not unified on making each other feel good. You're unified in Christ coming together to help each other, but also to care for a dying world. You become a window of heaven instead of bound inside walls. You think your conscience is cleansed? If you're still focused on coming to church on Sunday and that's all you think about, your your conscience ain't cleansed. And I'm talking with some slang, ain't, because I'm just... I feel like talking with ain't. (laughs) Listen, comfortably numb is a dangerous place. Why would Jesus come to me and say your church is full of lepers? The church, the whole church, the church as a whole is full of lepers. Think about that. That needs to settle in on you. I pray that you'll never be the same again. That even in your sleep, you'll be haunted by the Holy Ghost that you'll be convicted by the Holy Ghost, that what you were once numb to, that you'll no longer be willing to sit there week after week doing jack, nothing. You know what the high priest does for you right now? The Bible says that Jesus, the high priest, sits on the right hand of the Father and He intercedes for you day and night. He's interceding. Like a pastor, a preacher, an evangelist, a prophet who is coming in front of a congregation trying to break through the hardness of heart. You've got this high priest in heaven breaking through. He's pushing to break through your heart. He's using instruments to break through people's hearts to draw them into the sanctuary that they could meet the high priest, that they would be, that they would recognize and see their high priest face to face. If you grasp this scripture, I'm going to read. In fact, this is the first scripture I made my kids memorized. We spent a year on this one scripture in order that they would understand and know the Holy Spirit. And I've gone through seasons where we have not sit around the table and read the Bible or do different things. But I know my children know the Holy Spirit. This is Romans 8, 26. You should memorize this. You should study it word for word. You should understand the rule of the Holy Ghost and you should understand the rule of Jesus, the high priest. And you should embrace the love that Christ committed to you to such a degree that in no matter what situation, you know you have a high priest praying for you, willing to break through and waiting for you to actually get on the train that is breaking through. Because Jesus isn't limited by anything. He's not limited by the hell or the grave. He's not limited by any demonic power. He's waiting for you to get on His train. Romans eight twenty six. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. How many of you say that? You know how many times I hear that. Ninety eight percent of people say I don't know what to pray for. That's why I don't pray. Wait a minute. You can teach an idiot savant, and I'm not degrading an idiot savant, I'm just, I'm, I'm just talking about the reality of, you can teach a people, a person of very low intellect. In fact, a person of very low intellect can actually function in faith at a higher degree than a person of high intelligence. Because a person of high intelligence has to rationalize and understand it before they enter into it, whereas a person of faith just simply enters in. Are you, are you are you with me? Are you are you a person of faith? Jesus said to do it. I don't know exactly why. I don't understand the science behind it. Oh, I know that when I pray, He comes. Yeah. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray as we ought. Is that you? That's you. If you don't know that's you, I'm here to tell you that's you. There's nobody on earth that knows exactly what to pray every day of their life and every moment. So when I enter into prayer, I actually begin to pray. Shisto, briste, bite, ato, ote, brete. You know why? Because the Bible says the whole book of uh, 1 Corinthians 12 and 14 is about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and how the Spirit speaks to you. Chapter 14 actually says, I will pray in the spirit and then I will pray with understanding. You know what that means? That means the manifestation of the promise that when you pray in the spirit, he will come to you in dream and vision. He will speak to you. He will talk to you face to face. You will actually cross over into the spirit. You are no longer bound to the earth. You are actually bound to the spirit, to the realm of the sanctuary of the high priest. You are actually given access into the very thing that the nation of Israel refused and therefore they got a law written on paper. Are you spiritually alive? Or are you dead? For if you do not know what to pray for as we ought, the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us. Do you realize that this language is it's the tongue of angels? It's actually the voice of the anointing. If you, if the oil is on you and you're equipped in the power of the Holy Ghost and you pray in tongues, the ability of the anointing to work for you is released by faith when you have the have, have the unction in you. Shisto braha se pre alaba me ende. And suddenly you see blood and oil coming out off of your tongue and splattering on the leprosy. And the leprosy, that numbness, that hardness of heart, that pain, it disappears before your eyes. How many of you know, if you enter a prayer life every day, there's time points in the Spirit. You get in there in about 15 minutes, and all of a sudden you start feeling everything that was weighing you down disappears. And you cross over into the, into the sanctuary of heaven, and all of a sudden Jesus begins to speak to you. you realize there's no way on earth a man can come up with an understanding of what I just explained to you about a leper and correlating the condition of the church to a leper? He, he's after your heart. And the way, I'm not, I, I, I don't believe, the only thing I believe is that I pursue Christ with all my heart. I do, I have crazy prayer life. I pray, sometimes I pray, I feel an unction, I pray all night long. And when I feel that unction, I know Jesus wants to talk to me and he wants me to push through, to open up a window, a door for him to give me all that he has. Okay? Second part. But the Spirit Himself makes intercession with groanings that we cannot um, understand, or groanings that cannot be uttered. Now, He who searches the hearts, who's the one who searches the hearts? Jesus is your High Priest. He has sent the Holy Spirit as as an avenue, a window, to connect you to heaven. And Jesus is the High Priest searching your heart. Okay? Okay? Jesus, the high priest, is actually sitting in heaven. And when you engage in spiritual prayer, he is searching your heart because he knows what the mind of the spirit is. So when you pray in tongues, you're actually trusting the Holy Spirit that the flow of the Holy Spirit is actually measuring and understanding the condition of your soul. So if you're in fear, he knows you're in fear. And when you say, Oh my God, do you understand the secret weapon that Christ actually gave you with the gift of tongues? And we have entire denominations that alienate it and think it's a choice. It actually fall away. You don't need it. And then you have people, you have entire groups of so-called spiritual people that treat it as a condition that you come to the altar and somehow you got tongues once, but you don't actually practice it and use it in the relationship with with Jesus and the Holy Ghost. And Jesus is saying, I gave you a secret weapon that can change the earth. I changed the earth with 11 guys. Who had the Spirit come on them. What does it say in the day of Pentecost? It says the, there was a sound of a mighty rushing wind. The Spirit was poured out. It said they prayed in tongues. Cushe brete, ite brete. Then they were given understanding to prophesy. You just don't stand up and prophesy. You encounter the Spirit. You are given understanding and you prophesy. You release what the Lord is speaking to you. So if you understand that this is a way into the Spirit, that you have been given the power to enter into the Spirit... Because you trust the Spirit, you don't have to know why, what's going on in your life and all, in the world around you, but you can just say bullshit, and the Holy Spirit, you're trusting the Holy Spirit to discern your, the condition of your soul and your need, and he, he sends a message to the high priest, and out of heaven comes Christ, riding a white horse with a road dipped in blood, and on his leg is the Word, the Word of God. He comes out and he speaks to your heart. The living Word of God is, a, is an amazing, on fire Christ, and he comes not alone, but with the army of god he comes out of heaven heaven is opened this whole thing you have the ability to open heaven you can discern and enter in and open heaven that's why you stood by a door that's why you found it by a door that is why you found the power of the holy ghost by a door See, I know this is a hard word because you have to come to the revelation that you've been fooled. Most of you have been fooled. Most of you have functioned in dead religion. You feel the unction of the Holy Spirit, but you don't understand it. You don't exactly know what you're supposed to do. You don't know why. And you don't have the revelation that Jesus has equipped you with all power, all authority out of heaven to actually you be in control of your own destiny Crossing over into the Holy Ghost on a daily basis, hearing Jesus and Jesus and you in this want this guy who rides this white horse. You see, when I walk into places, dude, you don't realize but there's a white horse, a guy riding a white horse. He's got a sword coming out of his mouth. He's got crowns sticking off his head. He's actually glowing white. He's vibrating with the presence of God. And I know that he's right here. He's right here and he's, he's releasing things. He's actually his hunger, his heart for you is not against you. His bud, his blood actually paid all your debt, everything that would ever separate you from him. He paid for it. He's actually invading you. He's coming to you. He cares for you. He's your savior. He's your deliverer. He is the love of your life. He has this care in his heart, finding people to be raised up who would be sensitive to him, who would enter into the Spirit, and you too would walk in the power with Christ. You're his hands, you're his eyes, you're his ears, you're his heart. Are you getting the picture? That picture probably is completely different than many of you have learned to understand in years and decades of dead church But you know what? In order for this calling to function, we need three people to hear. Then we need five people to hear. Then we need eight people to hear. We need a revelation that church is actually built around the sanctuary and not built on uh, pleasing the people to get them to come back on Sunday. Because pleasing the people and getting them to come back on Sunday is never going to answer your call. The call will be answered when you center around hearing God and what He has to say for you to do and where to go and how to do it. And as you pull people into the sanctuary, the sanctuary then begins to grow and becomes an unstoppable force. As you walk, wherever you walk, you can actually become sensitive to the spot where the Holy Ghost wants to pour Himself out. Are you with me? Yes. Listen, Jesus has such a plan for this place. I mean, I lay awake at night. There's nights I don't want to, you know, I just want to go to sleep. Come on, now. I just want to go to sleep. And I feel this nudge at 2 a.m., and I get up, and it's a dream about this house. There's a dream about this house. Have you caught it? Are you willing to lay down your dead religion? And completely abandon everything you've trusted in, all the junk that's made you numb and powerless, and actually looking for a man to please you from a pulpit. I don't know if you realize it, but this isn't too pleasing. Might be liberating, but it is confronting. listen this shit this shift is real. Can you feel the shift? Who can feel this shift? You are being confronted. You are being convicted by the Holy Ghost. You're not going to be the same. Even if you walk out of here and you choose to continue in your dead thing, you're going to lay awake at night. Some of you are going to toss and turn. You're going to feel this conviction of the Holy Ghost because he even visits Islamists, Hindus, Buddhists. He comes to them in dreams, shakes them to their core. He actually, from the inside, cleanses their conscience and makes them sensitive to what they used to be not sensitive to. And you have Islamists who actually never heard Christ preach in a church, but the living word, the one who comes out of heaven, came to them in a dream, and they rise up preaching the gospel. Explain that. Explain that, all you churchgoers who believe that you're saved because you come to church every Sunday. That's a lie from the pulpit of the Nicolaitans. And Jesus said, I hate the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. You're alive because you hear them and nothing else. Your, your sin is cleansed because His act, his, his blood actually cleanses you, but you're alive. You're made alive in the Spirit. It says those who are the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. And you've got to come to grips that most of you are not led by the Spirit of God. Most of you come to church In a dead routine fashion, comfortably numb, hoping to hear a good message. Sometimes it makes you feel good, sometimes it doesn't. And you go on your way, running to watch the next football game and do the next week of life. And all along, it never has the power to save you. But when Jesus comes to you and awakens your heart and you become sensitive to the Spirit and you hear His voice, that one seed has the power to shift your heart, awaken you, set you on fire, clothe you in blood and oil, equip you to actually pray, bring down the presence of God, shake places where you go, and suddenly you realize that you are not powerless. You are anointed in the power of the Holy Ghost, the very Spirit that was on Christ, and you are not willing to just sit here, but you're willing to come over to a door. You're willing to find the spot where Jesus has led this church to a door. That was the most prophetic act that had hap- that happened here all weekend. A person became sensitive in a spirit who didn't think she had the ability, who was taken by the hand, who was literally taken by the hand. And suddenly around the church, you identified it. You identified the spot that Christ wanted this church, standing at a door. What was, the, what was the first prophecy? What was the first prophecy I ever gave this place? That there's a sign on the front that says the well, but the sign on the back is a doorway to the world. Your church has found it. I'm prophesying this now. Your church has found the door. Your church has found the door. And as an organization, you better shift to where you center your life and focus around the sanctuary of God. And it better not be centered around Sundays. If your life is centered around Sundays, so be it. But listen to me. A house, the church of Christ is centered around the sanctuary. And from the sanctuary, the Lord will speak. And on Sunday, you can use Sunday as a mission field for people that you bring in from the street. But your church is functioning in a sanctuary. A sanctuary is not a hard place to hear God and to speak. A sanctuary is not a place where certain prophets have to break through things week after week, year after year. A sanctuary is a place where people gather around hearing God together, caring for each other, in unity with Christ. And out of that functional, relational, spiritual dynamic, you are set on fire. You find the door to the world. Listen to me. Tongues isn't an optional thing. Tongues, the oil is a requirement. What did I tell you yesterday? The sheep, they the sheep the sheep have a, have an antivenom in the blood, so when the viper bites them, they're not subject to the viper. But if the sheep doesn't have oil on it, the flies lay their eggs in the sheep's nose. The 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 maggots go into the brain and they go crazy. You know what the maggots represent? The, the fly is representative of Beelzebub, right? It's associated with the demonic powers of the air. And those maggots go into your minds, release fear, depression, anxiety. They actually cause your mind to rot. But if you have the oil, if you have the oil, you're not subject to the prince of the power of the air because you're a son of God and you walk according to the Spirit. You are clothed in oil continuously. Are you with me? Are you with me? All power has been. Jesus said, "All power has been given to me. I give it to you." I have been given all keys. I hold the keys of life. And I descended when I when I died on the cross. I took the keys of death from Satan. I hold all keys. I hold keys of life. I hold keys of death. I hold all power. So don't center your life around the world. Center your life around me, says the Lord. I hold all power. I hold power over your sickness, over your disease, over your hard heart, over your generational sin, over your over your depression, your anxiety all of it. I hold power. So the excuse that, that you're a, you're a victim and your daddy did this. Listen, my, my daddy, my grandfather, my grandfather was a, was an alcoholic to the degree that he came home and broke furniture on a weekly basis, screamed fear of God, or actually the fear of Satan literally in me as a child. I used to shake I was afraid to speak in front of people. I literally could not sh- I could not speak in front of people. I shook as a child because of the fear that entered the, the household that I lived in. But when I got a touch of the Holy Ghost, but when I learned it, when I go briste, mote, brete, itte," I get clothed in the blood. I get clothed in the oil, and suddenly I can hear God, and no longer in my conscience of what I was limited by by the world and the prince of the power of the air. I now become conscious. Can you feel God falling right now? I am telling you guys. If I was you guys, I would preach on this subject for months. And if they didn't get it, I would boot them out of the church. Let them go find a Methodist church where they're comfortably numb. But you are, you, this is an army call. This is a call to, that you are called to hear God. Please don't take that wrong. I'm caring. I, I, I probably love you more than you love yourself. I would not be, I would not get on a plane, sacrifice my family, go around the world to preach to, to Hindus. Thousands of Hindus, if I didn't love Christ and I didn't love people. I love you. And I'm only saying that because if you only listen to pulpit guys who make you numb to suffice your numbness and don't offend you, you'll stay exactly in the condition you're in. A numb, dead person. There's evidence of the oil, guys. There's evidence of people who pray in the Spirit. There is nobody I know who prays in the Spirit who does not hear God. It doesn't exist. Jesus, at the way of the Spirit, Jesus said, if you pray in the Spirit, you will pray with understanding, meaning that you will hear me, and then you'll prophesy, and what you prophesy, I will make way. I will, you will release heaven on earth. That's the way of the Spirit. That's what sons do. Let's do this. I know it's getting late. But let's do this. I feel like the Lord is calling you to recommit your life to a life of the Spirit. I believe that the Lord is going to release a unique anointing in here that's going to unction and it's actually going to pull you into a prayer life that is supernatural. In fact, I bind and hinder every work of Satan, every work of the devil that would keep you chained and bound and limited, willing to stay blind, willing to be numb, despite the unction of the Lord begging and pleading you to come into a sanctuary because Jesus already made a way. If you actually grasp the fact that Jesus already made a way, you don't have to work for it. In fact, you can't work for it. You just have to willingly enter His way in the Spirit. Who here is willing to lay down all they know about Christianity, forget about all the dead religion and the stuff that makes them comfortable, and are willing to actually Run to the sanctuary through the the power of the Holy Ghost. There's an unction, guys. There's a call in the Spirit calling you into the sanctuary. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you love me when I couldn't love myself. I I thank you that you love me so powerfully. That your blood paid all the debt. debt. And your oil makes a way to protect me. me. It makes a way to allow me to cross into the heaven. heaven. I refuse to believe the lie. lie. That I'm a victim of the world. world. I I say from this day forward. That I align with your heart. I'm coming into your heart every day. And when you speak to me, I am a mighty man. man. The world is my victim. The world is my victim. The world is my victim. victim. And from this house, From house, from from this sanctuary, I will hear your voice. No longer, church, no longer am I willing to play dead church. But we will focus. We will center around the sanctuary. Focused, we'll around the and we will seek you with all our heart. We will love you with all our strength. We are your bride. We are your bride. And, we're for you. and we're coming for you. I sever the wall. Ever hindrance. Every hindrance that is between you and me, Jesus, is a lie. The veil has been torn. And I enter in to your sanctuary to hear your voice, to dwell with you, and for you to dwell with me. Jesus, I expect that when I pray in tongues that your spirit will search my heart. heart. It will know the needs of my soul. soul. And it will be the way way. every day of my life life. and which I enter in to the secret place, to the sanctuary of Almighty God, to hear the voice of my Savior, to hear the voice of my Deliverer. To hear the voice of my high priest. Because there is no man between me and you. There is nothing between me and you. And from this place, Jesus, I'll see heaven. I'll see your heart. And I'll see you coming out of heaven to invade earth you and I will walk side by side and I'll find the spot where the tangible presence of God will fall on me and it will fall on those around me. And from this day forward I will not look at the oil of the Holy Ghost and the voice of the Spirit Tongues, Tongues. as an intangible, as an, intangible. As, an as an optional thing I will look at it as an invitation as an, an all empowering ability, as, all-empowering ability. As, the the as the key to the Spirit Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. I repent, I repent. In, every in every way that I've neglected you that I've accepted the numbness of the world. Thank you for letting me see my leprosy. And thank you, Jesus, for cleansing my leprosy with your blood and your oil. I ask for a supernatural increase in the call to pray. I want super tongues. Jesus, I want, super I want super tongues. Right now, fall
0: on me. Fall on me. Fall on me. Thank you for joining this week's episode of the School of the Holy Spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcuppet.org d-a-v-i-d-c-u-p-p-e-t-t dot o-r-g You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma Magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book, The Key of David, Experiencing the Voice of God, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.